Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in this state. Well, just another quiet news day in August as the summer progresses. Uh, Yeah, it was as anticipated, but there were some surprises as well, not the least of which was the hour at which it was announced. Donald Trump indicted for the fourth time as we had expected in Fulton County, Georgia. By the way, you can read the 98-page indictment at Smirconish.com. I wanted to make sure that like, the indictment was the number one item that we posted without any editorial comment, so by all means, go and read it for yourself. It's interesting from this perspective. It's, it's 98 pages long. There are 41 criminal counts, criminal charges that are articulated. Trump is named in 13 of them. Most significant is that included in them is a violation of the Georgia Racketeering Act, RICO. He's being he's being charged with RICO. RICO is something that originated as a tool for prosecutors to fight the mob. In fact, a little trivia, and I didn't know this until I read in last night and this morning, the word racketeer itself is derived from the racket at Tammany Hall fundraising dinners where it was an expectation among crooked politicians that anybody who hoped to get a piece of city business would buy tickets. Racketeering statutes came out of New York City's history of combating corruption. And guess guess who made his political, or I guess I should say prosecutorial chops by fighting the mob based on RICO? One Rudy Giuliani, who now is a defendant in this case. He actually prosecuted a number of mobsters, including, I'm doing this from memory, but I'm pretty secure in my recollection, Fat Tony Salerno. How could I make that up? Right. Thank you, TC. Um, Fonnie Willis is herself an experienced RICO prosecutor. She used the law a decade ago to go after, I vaguely remember this, to go after educators in a teaching scandal who were inflating test scores. And I know that I talked about it at the time. Uh, One of the the virtues from a prosecutorial standpoint 
in bringing a RICO case is that you get to tell a big picture story. You uh, literally, you know, lay out in a form where instead of counts or averments, they are labeled acts. So when you read the indictment, the first thing you're going to read is, you know, act one. It's not intended to to be a play like a stage play, but it kind of is in that it tells a big story. And that's what RICO enables prosecutors to do, not only laying out a set of criminal acts, but also identifying a group of people who are working toward a common goal. And this is what Fulton County has done here. This is what Fonnie Willis has done here. She's told a big picture story. It's a big picture story that extends far beyond Fulton County within Georgia and in the United States generally. It's a lot more than just the so-called perfect phone call of January 2nd, 2021, when Trump calls Raffensperger and tells the Georgia Secretary of State that he hopes he's going to find 11,780 votes. By charging Donald Trump and others with RICO violations, it now puts Trump on the defensive as well as the others because they have to defend against this idea that they were all part of a big scheme. You know, the calls to the state officials and the assemblage of the fake electors and the harassing of of state officials. That's what Fonnie Willis is asserting in this case. The indictment alleges that rather than abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges, the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election results. Something else I should say is that by bringing a RICO case, it's got a mandatory minimum. I'm 95% sure in what I'm about to tell you that the mandatory minimum is five years. And keep this in mind, Trump can't pardon himself. So he can win the election and he can pardon himself relative to January 6th or Mar-a-Lago, but not in the Alvin Bragg case in New York and not in this case. And the Georgia governor has no pardon power. So if he were to be convicted in this case, it carries with it the very real prospect of jail. Uh, I made reference yesterday to the erection of the barriers surrounding the Fulton County Courthouse. Well, you're going to see a lot of those those orange barriers because each of these defendants now has to appear within the next 10 days. It's going to be quite a circus. They're not going to appear in, in unison. They're going to come in and the press is going to be staked out. And we will probably get to watch a lot of what unfolds, not only outside, but potentially inside the courthouse as well, because Georgia, unlike New York and certainly unlike the feds, is very permissive when it comes to cameras in the courtroom. And one other detail, just in terms of scheduling, the first Republican debate is a week from today. So, yeah, the sleepy days of August continue Front and center, Fonnie Willis, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution today has a profile of her. It begins this way. She's taken on gangs, violent rap lyrics, and cheating teachers. Her father was a criminal defense attorney and erstwhile Black Panther. Her name is Swahili and means prosperous. And she's shattered a glass ceiling when she became the first female district attorney in Georgia's most populous county, but for many... Fonnie Willis, 51, is best known for her pursuit of one person, and that is former President Donald Trump. Uh, She also said in a brief presser late last night that she wants trial within six months, that they'll all be tried at the same time. It means 
that there are four trials coming at some point for Donald Trump. At least that's the way that it looks now. One of the questions that is in my mind, and thankfully she was asked last night, you know, I keep wondering, how does this sit with Jack Smith? I think Jack Smith wants to go first. He's probably a little distrustful of non-federal prosecutors. More about that in a moment. Fonnie Willis was asked the extent to which she's been in communication with him. Contact with the special counsel about overlap between these cases, and do you intend to try all of these defendants together? Do I intend to try the 19 defendants in this indictment together? Yes. Yes. And have you had any contact with the special counsel about the overlap between this indictment and the federal indictment? I'm not going to discuss our investigation at this time. Hmm. What does that mean? I'm not going to discuss our investigation at this time. She wasn't asked to discuss the investigation. She was asked whether she's had. I, I would expect that there has been some level of communication. I would I would tell you this. If it weren't Donald Trump, there certainly would be. Maybe they're a little sensitive to the way in which they communicate with one another. So if you take the time to read the indictment again, you'll see that it's constructed of 161 acts followed by 41 charges. And those those acts attempt to present the entire case against Trump and all the defendants, again, not only in Fulton County, but in Georgia generally and in the United States like this. This is more of a speaking indictment than anything that Smith has given us so far. And it begins this way. Defendant Donald Trump lost the United States presidential election held on November 3rd, 2020. One of the states he lost was Georgia. Trump and the other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost, and they knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. That conspiracy contained a common plan and purpose to commit two or more acts of racketeering activity in Fulton County, Georgia, elsewhere in the state of Georgia and in other states. So that's the preamble. And then Act One. This is the way it begins. One of 161. On or about the fourth day of November 2020, Donald John Trump made a nationally televised speech falsely declaring victory in the 2020 presidential election. This is November 4. Approximately four days earlier, on or about October 31, 2020, Donald John Trump discussed a draft speech with an unindicted co-conspirator, Individual One, whose identity is known to the grand jury, that falsely declared victory and falsely claimed voter fraud. The speech was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. I thought that was really an interesting way to begin. So she's saying that, you know, on Halloween, four days before the election, he's already drafting a speech with someone who is not named saying that they won and claiming voter fraud. So that this was like always the plan, according to this indictment. Um, Then further along, you know, as I say, there's reference to other states and what was going on as part of this conspiracy. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, for example. Act five, on or about the 20th day of November 2020, Donald John Trump and Mark Randall Meadows met with a majority leader of the Michigan Senate, Michael Shirky, Speaker of the Michigan House of Representatives, Lee Chatfield, and other Michigan legislators in the Oval Office at the White House when Donald John Trump made false statements concerning fraud in the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election in Michigan. Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani, I never knew Rudy had uh, multiple middle names, joined the meeting by telephone. This meeting was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. All right, let me stop there. If she's saying that this conduct was fraudulent pertaining to Michigan, 
What stops Michigan prosecutors from bringing the exact same type of case as Fonnie Willis? And and then there's a paragraph that follows this, which is Act 6 pertaining to Pennsylvania, and then Act 7 pertains to Arizona. I, I just want to sort of underscore what I think is a threat presented by this indictment, which is that any elected prosecutor in the country could bring charges like this. And I know you'll say, well, only, Michael, if they have predicate facts like we have relative to Trump. I'm I'm a little uh, uneasy with a state prosecutor bringing a case with a national focus like this. And that's what she's able to do with regard to a RICO prosecution as it relates to Georgia. Uh, the perfect phone call. That's Act 112. On or about the second day of January 2021, Donald John Trump and Mark Randall Meadows committed the felony and Mark Randall Meadows. Well, that's let me stop and just say something about Meadows. I got a lot of things I want to say. I presume that Meadows is cooperating in the Jack Smith January 6th case. Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff, is one of the 18, meaning other than Donald Trump, indicted in Georgia. So maybe I'm mistaken in thinking he's prosecuting in January 6th, or if he is pro- if he is cooperating, pardon me, in January 6th, then it puts him in an awfully awkward position because how could he testify on behalf of Jack Smith in the January 6th case and say things that would then harm him where he is a defendant in this case, which, to go back uh, a moment ago to, is she speaking with Jack Smith? Maybe she's not. The Mark Meadows question, I'm sorry I'm into the weeds on this, but is a really interesting issue arising from uh, this prosecution. I I think I'll ask my two legal guests today, our friends Ellie Honig and Danny Savalos, about that. Anyway, back to the perfect phone call, Act 112. Uh, it says by un- so what did Meadows and Trump do? They unlawfully solicited, solicited, requested and importuned Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a public officer, to engage in conduct constituting the felony offense of violation of oath, yada, 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 uh, in willful intention and violation of the terms of the oath of said person as prescribed by law with the intent that they engage in said conduct. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Well, I mean, Trump is going to say that he wasn't asking him to to go uh, to go and change votes. Trump's position on this is going to be this like, hey, I know there was a lot of fraud out there. I don't need to prove it all. I only need to prove the 11000 votes that would put me over the top. That is then followed in, I guess it's Act 113, by a very lengthy assertion about all the things that Trump did wrong, a lot of them pertaining to things that he was saying. Okay, look, I I don't want to just read to you. I wanted to give you a little taste of what the indictment says and what's being claimed. Hopefully, I've done that. Let me briefly address some of the reaction We'll take your telephone calls. Then I'll try and, and get Ellie in here for some of his expert analysis and address a lot of this as the whole program progresses. Reaction from Donald Trump, one twenty eight p.m. via Truth Social. So the witch hunt continues. 19 people indicted tonight. 19 people indicated tonight. Is that what you're... That was, no, I was going to correct you. You said p.m. This was a.m. Oh, a.m. Sorry. Thank you, T.C. Wee hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the witch hunt continues. 19 people indicated tonight. We know what he means, including the former president of the United States, me, by an out of control and very corrupt district attorney who campaigned and raised money on I will get Trump. 
And what about those indictment documents put out today long before the grand jury even voted and then quickly withdrawn? Sounds rigged to me. Why didn't they indict two and a half years ago? Because they wanted to do it right in the middle of my political campaign, witch hunt thus far. Again, with the debate one week out, uh, not seeing any signs of Republicans breaking ranks. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, quote, justice should be blind, but Biden has weaponized government against his leading political opponent to interfere in the 2024 election. Now a radical DA in Georgia is following Biden's lead by attacking President Trump and using it to fundraise her political career. You see the common themes here of the defense. Vivek Ramaswamy, quote, as someone who's running for president for president against Trump, I'd volunteer to write the amicus brief to the court myself. Prosecutors should not be deciding U.S. presidential elections. And if they're so overzealous that they commit constitutional violations, then the cases should be thrown out and they should be held accountable. So, you know, it's more of the prosecutors are weaponizing. She's particularly biased. And in this case, one of the other emerging criticisms, and you you heard reference to it from uh, from former President Trump, is this issue, and it happened, it happened that last night the indictment was posted before the indictment was made official. Earlier today, there was a fictitious document, according to the Fulton County Clerk's Office, that was circulated online with charges against former President Donald Trump. Those, that fictitious document uh, matched exactly the charges that we now see in this indictment. Can you tell us more about that document leak? Uh, because now you have the former president's lawyers who are saying this is emblematic of a serious problem with your office. No, I can't tell you anything about um, what you refer to. What I can tell you is that we had a grand jury here in Fulton County. They deliberated till almost 8 o'clock, if not right after 8 o'clock. An indictment was returned. It was true billed, and you now have an indictment. Um, I am not an expert on clerks duties um, or even administrative duties. I wouldn't know how to work that system. And so I'm not going to speculate. Next question. Not a not a good way to come out of the box. It just it looked a little rough shot, I thought. And I'm not the only one. Today's poll question at Smirconish.com is the Georgia prosecution of Trump piling on. I want to quote from Ruth Marcus at the Washington Post, left of center columnist, left of center columnist, no Trump fan who inspired today's poll question when she wrote this. There is a concern about piling on here. Why stop at Georgia? The federal indictment sets out conduct in six other states in which Trump and his co-conspirators allegedly sought to overturn the election results. Will he be prosecuted in those states too? At some point, it becomes unfair, yes, even to Trump, to go state by state. That's why the federal approach is preferable. Underlying my queasiness is a bias in favor of federal prosecutors who, unlike most of their local counterparts, don't have to run for election. Small point, but Monday's spectacle of an after-hours indictment didn't exactly inspire confidence in the Willis office's professionalism. Let Republicans denounce the supposed weaponization of the Justice Department. I'd rather stick with the judgment and experience of federal prosecutors making certain that voters across the country have their voices heard. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. 
Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. I'm going to start in Fulton County. Uh, Chris is there. Give me the lay of the land and get to it in a hurry. Hey, lay of the land. It wasn't as crazy and chaotic as as expected last night. It was quiet around the city. Deontay was in town, so that's that. Uh, hey, look, if we want to try everything in the states as far as abortion and everything else, let's see. Why, why do we want to kick Trump back up to the to the feds? Right? He wants to drag it out and get away from uh, you know, be able to pardon himself. Keep it in the states. It equalizes everything. The states are going to keep America, the democracy intact. That's my. Would opinion. you Would you rather? Okay, for. Events in Georgia, would you rather he only be facing trial in Georgia and not from Jack Smith? No, I'd say throw, throw the book at him. The only okay. way you get a mob boss, a cartel boss, or a Taliban person is you go all out, you overcharge, and you make sure okay, you don't quick, miss. Okay, quick follow-up. Quick follow-up. Should Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, should they all do the same thing Fonnie Willis is doing? Hey, states' rights, you break the law, you go after the person that broke the okay. law. Okay, I, you, you, I, I guess, but law, you realize state. that this gets, and thank you so much, Chris, this gets me back to today's poll question. I'm going to characterize it as the Ruth Marcus question. Is it piling on? At what point would it be? Maybe you're going to say at no point. I think politically speaking, you're playing with dynamite because I think it, it'll, it'll end up continuing. I'm the one, just remember me as the one, this will never be proven or disproven, but I'm the one 
who says Republicans, an increasing number of them, were willing to move on from Trump. And now they feel like they can't because they'd be doing so, you know, like in uh, in what? In deference to the prosecutors who they don't trust. If left at their own pace, they'd have gotten rid of them. And they still might. Josh, Springfield, Illinois, you most wanted to say what? Yes, hi. It is a large effort required to challenge election results, presidential election results. We need a large group of people all working toward a common goal. That sounds like the definition for Fonnie Willis of RICO conspiracy. And there's a reason that we do it that way. I mean, not only from a state right perspective, but because on one hand, it, it's it's harder to uh, investigate. On the other hand, it'd be harder to fix. I mean, we've often had this conversation about why don't we just have a nationalized system of voting constitutional issues aside? It's because the, the concern among some is that if you could it's one thing to rig a state, we can more locally investigate it. But if you were rigging the entire country, it could happen more quickly. Jonathan, St. Louis, quickly, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. I have one statement that I use as my litmus test as a single father raising two black sons. Anytime an issue happens, I ask myself, if I were in this situation, how would I be treated? And that answers a lot of questions. So I say, if any laws were broken, he needs to be held accountable because that's what I teach my son, accountability for your actions. It's pretty simple. You know that Trump would, would have the complete, and thank you, Jonathan, opposite conclusion. He would say, how would someone else be treated, like in the Alvin Bragg case? Would they be prosecuted? Would they would they have gone to such lengths to elevate misdemeanor acts to felony status and evade a statute of limitations? Trump says it's only me that would have been prosecuted, at least in that case. I think he might have some credibility in that case. Clyde, you are checking in from Charleston, South Carolina. Greetings. Give me your top thought. Greetings. Uh, my top thought is that they are not piling on. Uh, I think he's already getting preferential treatment. Uh, he was the top law enforcement guy in the country. He should know better from the stuff that he did. Further, I think that the states should try him, all of them if they want to, because he will abuse the pardon power if he gets convicted on the uh, federal level. Right. In other words, there's, there's no... There's no choice but for some state prosecutor to take him on. Otherwise, he escapes if he wins. Exactly. And he he needs to be treated just like everybody else. We are a nation of laws, not of personality. I, I thank you, Clyde. I agree with what Ellie said in terms of the prospect of this thing getting quickly to trial. And he's right. I mean, 18 defendants. It's not only what Ellie said. It would be it would be 18 opening statements. It would be the prospect of cross-examining a particular witness 18 different times. I mean, I'm kind of surprised uh, as I reflect on it that she said that last night so quickly. She meaning Fonnie Willis, that she was going to bring them all together in one trial. Uh, It's just it's unrealistic and it's it's impossible. It's actually impossible. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Dave, you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. You most wanted to say what? Hey, Michael. Um, I think the Democrats are opening up a can of worms that they are going to regret because what's to stop a conservative DA in a conservative jurisdiction from prosecuting, say, Joe Biden for corruption, Joe Bi- charging uh, Joe Biden with RICO violations? Uh, because there's pretty good evidence that something, well, you know, with the Biden family business, I mean, look at what's happened. That's a perfect RICO case. So and they are going to regret it. I so. Hope. So could a prosecutor, we've had so much discussion here because I've talked about both sides of the fence. Could could a prosecutor in Delaware say, I think David Weiss, now the special counsel, is moving too slowly. And I think there's evidence of something relative to Hunter, relative to Joe, relative to someone named Biden. Or could a prosecutor uh, in California, we've had a lot of conversation about why he needs to be special counsel because he lacks jurisdiction in California. Could a state prosecutor, and, and it doesn't have to be an AG, it could just be a, a county prosecutor elected by the people in a, in, a red, in a red area take, yes, they could. They'd have to have, you know, presumably they'd have to have facts on which to act, but... I think you're right. And politically speaking, I think that there's a risk of a perception that 
it's just too much. Like four different prosecutors, all four Democratic, quote unquote, prosecutors, uh, Merrick Garland. I don't know about Smith, but, you know, Garland representing cases three and four and the Trump people like digging in their heels instead of being open to DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin, who's not even announced or somebody else. Uh, Victor, you're in New Hampshire. Greetings. You most wanted to say what? So I agree 100% with what Clyde was saying. Um, you know, as long as elections are to purview of the state and governed by the state, um, you know, they need to be able to prosecute and look for wrongdoing. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, this, this is messy. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is problematic, right? Well, it's the opposite That's of it. the approach. It's the opposite of the approach taken by Jack Smith in the superseding indictment for the January 6th case. I've said this before, but it bears repeating that it was all targeted at Trump. And there were, was it six or seven unindicted co-conspirators, unindicted co-conspirators? And people said, ah, he's going to lean on them. Like, we know that Rudy, we know that Rudy is one of the unindicted co-conspirators in the Jack Smith case. But he didn't indict him. Why didn't he indict him? And the conventional wisdom is, ah, because he's going to use the threat of this indictment to flip Rudy. That might be true. It probably is to a certain extent true, but I didn't think that was the overarching reason. I thought the overarching reason was to hurry up and get to trial and keep it clean. This is the opposite of clean for the reasons that Ellie identified of 18 different defendants and 18 different defense teams in their cases. Like, never could this thing get tried in six months uh, and probably could never get tried before the, the election. This is... This is just a litigation mess waiting to to unfold. So, yeah, well, there's that observation. Okay, James, you're in D.C. You most wanted to say what? Yes, hi, Michael. Sorry, I'll try to be quick. Uh, I do agree with the last caller. The consequence of 50 state elections is 50 potential jurisdictions where you have liability. And I would argue that the scope of that liability, we could view that or accept it as a deterrence against someone committing these type of crimes. That, that's my thought. We do have a decentralized election system, A, because we respect state rights, and B, because I think it's, it's a protector. Uh, it's a protector in terms of, of the ease with which a more nationalized system could be fixed. BJ, hello from Atlanta. You're most wanting to tell us what? I just want to say I don't think um, what Trump did is being taken seriously enough we're, we're talking about how many places should he be charged, how many, how many cases should he be facing. This man attempted to overthrow a free and fair election. He almost ended American democracy. I think he should be charged and indicted in every possible jurisdiction he can. And what of the political consequence of that? Do, do you worry about the political consequence of that because of the perception by some that it would be piling on? No matter what happens, those people are going to have the same perception. You're if not you going charge to reach them, them in one place, if you charge mm-hmm. them in 50 states, they're going to have the same perception that he should be charged. Understood. Thank you, BJ. Appreciate it. Rick, you're in Toronto, Canada, watching this from up above, thinking what? You should apologize first, Michael, for letting that guy on Friday uh, accuse Trump as a rapist, and you just let it happen. That being said... Jack Smith, there was no indication, there's no charge of sedition or rebellion at all. So this overthrowing of the government is absolutely idiotic. 
what you guys are going through right now is a soft coup within. And you guys really need to watch out for this. It is really ridiculous what's going on in your country. Thank you, Rick. I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that uh, yesterday we had a conversation with Adam Liptak from the New York Times. Uh, he, The caller referenced uh, sedition. I have no idea what he's referring to with, with the rape thought, but if he wanted to air again the thought that Donald Trump is a rapist, well, then that's what he just did with his call. Uh, just feel the need to point that out. But yesterday we had a conversation with Adam Liptak about sedition and the fact that Two law professors with conservative credentials from the Federalist Society have written a piece that will be published. It's available online now, but it'll, it'll be published in the uh, Penn Law, uh, law Review for the University of Pennsylvania. Come on, Michael, get it straight. Okay. And they make the case that Donald Trump is already ineligible, barred from running for president in 2024 because he's engaged in sedition. And you're going to say to me, well, there's been no finding by a court. Right. That's the perspective of some. But in 126 pages, they make an alternative case. I promised yesterday that I would uh, post it in the newsletter today. And I did. So if you were tuned in for the Adam Liptak conversation yesterday and you know of what I'm speaking Look in today's newsletter. Not only will you see another fabulous editorial cartoon from Pulitzer Prize winner Jack Oman, but you will also see the academic publication that I told you I would be linking to today. Uh, Washington, D.C., this is Mike. Hey, Mike, thoughts? What did you most want to say? Uh, quickly, as far as the comment about Joe Biden and can be indicted, if Joe Biden does anything like that or Joe Biden breaks the law, period, he should be indicted. Okay, end of discussion. Uh, the hypocrisy behind the situation with Trump uh, to where that he can file briefs uh, or continuances and to, to get this thing over the line of the actual election and do it legally now. It, it's kind of, uh, to me, I guess just the opposite of Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis that are doing this legally to get a fast trial to let the American people know exactly who and what well, they're voting for. Right. You won't agree so with what, it. What, is the, what you, is the difference? You won't agree with it, but I, I don't, I think I can defend the defense lawyers from doing what they're doing versus the prosecutors. And here's the very short version. I don't think it's the prosecutor's business to, and I had this as a poll question uh, Saturday on CNN, 44,000 people voted and 80% of us agreed that we don't think it's it's within the purview. It's not properly considered by the prosecutors. How is this going to impact the election and how quickly, therefore, should we bring the case to trial? I think they have to have, as unrealistic as it might sound, they have to have blinders on. They should not be, they should not be delaying the case beyond the election, nor should they be accelerating the case because of the election. Whatever the normal pace would be of a complex matter is the way in which this one ought to go to trial. And Fonnie Willis has just brought forth, you know, 18 defendants plus Donald Trump in a RICO action. It doesn't get much more complicated than that. To say we're going to try it in six months, I think is improper. 
the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.